Would you like to know how to make better decisions for your business, your people, or yourself? Do you want to recognize when you make errors of judgment that cause the quality of your decisions to drop, and when you are moving away from, not closer to, your goal? Welcome to Because There's More with Laura Ellis. For the next hour, Laura and her guests will share experiences and insights that will challenge and stretch your thinking, help you recognize your biases, and ultimately guide you towards more predictable and accurate decisions. You'll walk away from this show feeling better informed, more inspired, and a lot more confident about your next big decision. Now, here's your host, Laura Ellis. Hi, I'm Laura Ellis, and this is Because There's More, the show that takes a closer look at decision-making. For those of you who are listening in for the first time, thank you for joining our show. What you can expect is to hear our guests talk about how they made or are making critical decisions and share their thinking processes that allow them to overcome, or sometimes not, their challenges or leverage the opportunities that they found in their environments, which, by the way, I have no doubt that they're very similar to the environments uh, that you work in. So I have no doubt that you will be uh, leaving every show with some new insight or new information that will help you make better and faster uh, decisions. And I'm thrilled to welcome you to the show's fourth episode. Just as a way of background, uh, this radio show is a public information channel for the organization I created back in 2013 called the Trusted Advisory Board, or TAB for short. If you want to find out more about TAB, visit our website, www.trustedadvisoryboard.com. And I would love for you to visit the website because my our website just had a revamp. And uh, I guess this is just as good an opportunity to thank my web designer, uh, Kevin Joseph. Joseph and his company, Web Developed Inc., for doing an amazing job. It's an absolutely fantastic website. And I thank Kevin for being both a talented artist and a saint for putting up with me. So um, TAB, just a few words about TAB. Uh, TAB is a virtual advisory board that helps businesses grow through better business decisions, um, bringing together people from varied uh, backgrounds uh, who are TAB advisors. We intend to provide a personal advisory board to senior executives who make critical decisions every day. We see our role very much like um, helping people uh, complete their puzzle. Whenever you start a puzzle, you kind of know what it needs to look at at the very end, although not always. You also uh, have some of the pieces, but not all of them. So what we do at TAB, we help our senior clients complete their puzzle in a way that it's the right puzzle. And when they are missing pieces, they don't have to go too far. All they need to do is um, uh, let us know what's missing. And we will plug in the appropriate skill set or information or even mindset to ensure that uh, uh, senior leadership teams in organization have what they need when they need it to make the best uh, business decisions. I talked about business uh, tab advisors. Um, During the last show, I introduced you to Rochelle Oakley, a tab advisor who runs her own business and is very passionate about the concept of tab and our ability to help businesses succeed. 
I want to thank Rochelle for a great show and let you know that uh, selected content from Rochelle's interview uh, and other advisors' interviews, as well as content that you might not hear here on the radio, will be uh, available for you to purchase uh, on our website or on iTunes at the end of the 13 episodes pilot series. The next equally fascinating tab advisor I will be introducing to you today is Anne Comer. Anne, thanks for joining us on the show today. Hi, Laura. I'm so happy to be here. That's excellent. Um, I'm just going to give you a few words about Anne's uh, background. In fact, Anne and I met in 2004 when Anne joined the HR department I was contracting for. And if I'm not wrong, Anne, you took my job then, did you not? (laughs) I think it was a complimentary job. (laughs) It was a complimentary job. I'm kidding. Everyone was better for it. That was the absolute right decision for everyone. Um, Let me tell you about Anne. Anne uh, brings over 15 years of corporate leadership experience specializing in change leadership, organizational development, and team effectiveness, which today she devotes to helping leaders create healthy, high-performing work environments. Anne's work focuses on enabling her clients increase their productivity and deal with the demands of a 24-7 workplace, which we all know what it feels like, by teaching them how to better manage their energy. She works across all industry sectors to design customized workshops and guides leaders in the development of changes that stick. As a facilitator, she encourages professionals to challenge their assumptions and see the potential impact of their role. And I smile when I read this because um, bios generally are quite dry and then you read through them and, and, you know, you kind of lack the uh, personal connection that that. I have with every single advisor. So I'm going to say a few personal uh, words outside of the bio. Uh, as I said, I've known uh, Anne for since 2004. And she's absolutely um, amazing in her ability to um, remain calm and bring a sense of peace into every environment that she um, is present. And uh, Anne and I worked at Manlife, and whoever knows Manlife, they know that that's not a peaceful environment. There's a lot happening. It's very dynamic, a lot of demands. And to have someone um, of Anne's rare quality is is very rare and an amazing uh, friend and mentor to have. So I am absolutely thrilled that she accepted to be part of the advisory board. And I'm going to ask Anne uh, the first question I asked Rochelle. Anne, how would you describe TAB? Well, um, to me, TAB is... Um... And by the way, Lara, thanks for all the nice things that you said about me. I aspire to be uh, to be calm, so it's great that um, that people experience it that way. Yeah. Um, so I guess for me, Tab is a new way for business leaders to get access to consulting expertise. <clears throat> I see it as kind of a one-stop shop for consulting across a wide range of a lot of areas of expertise. So um, it's, it's it's a way for people to access expertise that they may not have had access to before. Absolutely. And why did you agree to be a TAB advisor? I think it's really exciting to be part of something that I believe has the potential to change the consulting landscape, to to make consulting expertise available to more people than ever before. So not just through large um, consulting firms, but in a way that brings people much closer to their clients. 
That's amazing. And I can't tell you what, uh, what a compliment what you said is to me and to Tab coming from you, knowing um, how uh, deep and broad your expertise is and how dedicated you have been in every single job and today in helping your clients. Um, you may remember, and, and I know I shared with you before uh, the show, that Rochelle had a question for us, you and I, to answer today. Um, and it was around, what do you do when you work for someone who makes bad decisions? Um, what is your uh, perspective? Well, I think that people often make bad decisions when they're in what I call a negative energy field. So when they're feeling um, angry or annoyed, irritated, frustrated. Um, Laura, have you ever been angry or, or annoyed at something that happened at work? Never, never. <laughs> okay, Not we've me. all been there. <laughs> we've all been there. And when you have that feeling of annoyance, irritation, we tend to be focused on those feelings, right? We tend to think about why did that person do that? We tend to dream up all the wonderful ways that we're going to exact revenge. Our thinking is not exactly uh, the clearest that's ever been. And so when we're in that kind of state, we tend to make decisions that aren't the best. Um, and we can get into that state for a lot of reasons, often as the result of fatigue or stress. And I think one thing to be aware of is that we all experience fluctuations in our energy. Our energy goes up, it goes down. And it goes up and down throughout the day and then also over the week. So I would say when you have someone, you're working with someone who tends to make bad decisions, what I would suggest is um, for most people, their energy peaks in the morning. And then if you look at the week, it tends to peak uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then drop again by the end of the week. So to catch those people early in the day, particularly on Tuesdays or Wednesdays, if you have a really important decision to make, I would try to schedule a meeting with that person early in the day before the stress and fatigue take over and cloud that person's thinking. And then if you're thinking about the fluct energy fluctuations over the week, I would schedule stuff for Tuesday, Wednesday in the morning. You'd have the highest probability, I think, of catching that person um, thinking at his or her clearest. That's amazing. Thank you for that advice. Oh, my God, I'll try to keep that in mind because I, I think I do it completely the opposite. Um, <laughs> but, but this is what I love about uh, TAB and the concept of TAB. So you have just opened the door uh, for through, through that response. You opened the door to another TAB advisor and guest of the show, uh, who's uh, Dr. Andrew Scholl. He's a psychologist who will talk in more detail from a psychology perspective of the impact of emotions on decision making. So it's so complementary, uh, yet not one of us are saying that this is the only way. It's just another way to look at the reality so we can help our clients. That's amazing advice. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Uh, I'll give you my perspective as well, which is the cognitive psychology decision making uh, perspective to it. There is evidence, and I have uh, quoted it more than once on uh, the show, that we are definitely better at identifying the mistakes in others' um, judgments than in our own. So with that in mind and with what um, Anne said, having, first of all, some empathy uh, for the some compassion for the person who's making um, uh, the, uh, the bad decision. And, and I don't mean that in a very soft, touchy feeling, but 
I mean it, don't take it personally, because they may not know what emotions are causing them uh, to make the, a bad decision. Secondly, they may not know that they're not in a good energy flow. And thirdly, they're completely not aware that their brain is tricking them, taking them down the wrong path. So to take their bad decision personally it's putting you in a place of weakness. So have some empathy for the individual and then try to look at ways that are non-threatening and probably we can talk more about that in a different show. But uh, try to look at ways in which you can bring them along. And what I mean by that, not beating them up to agree with you, but perhaps provide uh, angles and perspective and uh, volunteer new information that may cause them to take different decisions. So um, that's my perspective. Here's what um, I'd like to do next. Again, just to repeat uh, what we did with... uh, Rochelle last time, and I think that uh, a number of you and Yuan have agreed that it's a good idea. Since this is a show about decision-making, I decided, and in talking to you and other people, I decided it would be a good idea to frame the discussion around a quote uh, from decision-making research. So you'll probably have been, uh, you won't be surprised to know that I'll be quoting Daniel Kahneman uh, now and to eternity, probably. Um, Here's the one that uh, I think uh, resonates with uh, both of us today. Intelligence is not only the ability to reason. It is also the ability to find relevant material in memory and to deploy attention when needed. The part that stands out for me here is that uh, the quality of our decisions rely so much on our ability to recall from memory information that is relevant to us. So the scary part, and I don't mean to make it scary, but but the part that uh, sometimes concerns me is what happens when we're not doing a, a good job of retaining or how we code the information we take in, uh, because when we don't do a good job with that, we also have a hard time or difficulty uh, retrieving the information um, on a whim when we need it. So come, how can we ensure that we store information in a way that is easy to retrieve? Um, but I know that from, uh, from Anne's perspective, the statement has a different meaning. So Anne, how does this strike you? Well, the part that really stands out for me is the, is the phrase, that we need to deploy attention when needed. And the way I interpret that is I feel that our ability to do good work and to be productive really depends on our ability to focus. And the ability to focus I define as, or I think is the same thing as what I call mental energy. So we choose um, what to deploy our attention on and we need to, to choose when to do that. So that's, that's the, the when needed part. Yes, and that's very, very interesting. And I couldn't agree with you more because often I find in in working with very high-performing senior leadership teams, what tends to lack, it's a shared purpose or or a shared focus, if you want. And I don't mean like, oh, the company strategy or everything else. We the people end up making decisions for almost the wrong reasons, uh, and it causes them to to make those um, decisions. How does what you say relate to what your organization does? Well, what I do is I help people work better, be more productive in the in the face of the environment that you described earlier. You know, constant change, information overload, by really managing their energy. 
um, physical energy, emotional energy, mental energy, and all of those things relate to how well we uh, operate, how uh, productive we are, and also what kind of decisions we're making. If we're making good decisions, um, really with um, a clear mind, lots of good perspective, or if we're getting kind of tied up in the kind of stress that I was talking about earlier that some people make um, feel when they're uh, ma- you know making not not great decisions. Yeah, that's amazing. It's very, very interesting and certainly something that I'd like to explore more uh, because it's relevant to every single one of us in every single decision. Um, I'm going to ask you, how did you come to have that perspective? And after that, we'll go to a commercial break. But just very briefly, how did you come to that? Um, I read Tony Schwartz's book, The Way We're Working Isn't Working, which he published in 2010. I probably read it about a year after that. And I was shocked to find my own life philosophy in there. He talks about the core needs, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. And I've really been trying to live my life um, focused on those four areas and really with a view to developing myself to my fullest potential in those four areas. And so I was quite shocked to find my philosophy there in his book. And uh, working in that typical fast-paced environment where I was watching people around me really um, pushing themselves nearly to the breaking point, I just felt there has to be a better way. I I thought, you know, combining what I read in Tony Schwartz's book and my own philosophy, I thought um, there's a better way to work. And I think that if we manage our physical, emotional, and mental energy in particular, um, we can feel better about the work that we're doing. We can feel a bit more balanced and we can feel more productive and more satisfied in our work. Excellent. We're going to go now to a commercial break. Thank you very much for that. And we'll come back uh, after the break with more on uh, Anne's model and how she's helping the um, uh, professionals today to stay more focused and deploy their energy more productively. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in two minutes. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you a CEO, a board director, or an entrepreneur looking to have more control over the future of your organization? If the answer is yes, you need Tab Ignite. Our approach is unique, intelligent, and it works. Our solution is exclusively positioned to guarantee the results you seek for your business because we make it simple for you to tap our advisor's expertise and experience and make accurate business decisions. Ask Tab Ignite to work for you at tabignite at trustedadvisoryboard.com and make your next decision the first of many best decisions for your company. Do you believe in the value you bring to an organization? Have you been overlooked for a promotion because you think differently than your peers? Do you know that you can and will make a difference to the business? Let Tab Advanced be your personal advisory board and help you make different, better decisions about your career. Our team is customized to your successful advancement and hones in on when, why, and how you make those decisions. Build a more fulfilling career. Contact us today at advance at trustedadvisoryboard.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into Because There's More with host Laura Ellis. To connect with our program today, please send Laura an email 
to lellis at trustedadvisoryboard.com. Now, back to Because There's More. Hi, and we are back. Uh, just before the break, we're having a very interesting conversation here with my guest today and tab advisor, Anne Comer, who is the principal of Comer Exchange. We're talking about how um, you, Anne, started uh, your work in um, uh, in the area that you're operating today and how you put together your organization. And you uh, just telling us that you read... Um, a book that uh, sounded or resonated very much with you. Can you tell us a bit more? Sure. So the book was The Way We're Working Isn't Working by Tony Schwartz. And um, he talks about four core needs, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. And that really fit with the way I was living my life. That's excellent. And, And how did that inspire you? What happened with that inspiration? What did you do with it? Well, thinking about the way people around me were um, really driving themselves and pushing themselves often nearly to the breaking point, um, I thought people can be happier at work, they could get more satisfaction, um, they should be able to feel more um, more balance in their lives in general. And I started thinking more about these types of energy and how best to manage one's energy. Um, and so that's really what sort of was the genesis of Comer Exchange. Yeah, that's interesting. I know that you and I talked uh, uh, before. Um, as much as the um, as much as the model resonated with you, you felt that you had somewhat of a different perspective that caused you to create your own model, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And can you tell us more about that? Sure. So the, the four types of energy that's not that's not unique. That's from you know from Tony Schwartz. He talks a lot about that in in his work. He's the energy guru. Um, but even prior to reading Tony Schwartz, I had attended a workshop with uh, Sandalini, the culture-shaping consulting firm with whom I also now consult. And uh, they were also talking about four types of energy. And I, I now read about four types of energy in articles regularly on, uh, online in, in, in different, uh, different places. And I think that where I differ is I really focus on simple, practical strategies, tools, tactics to help people learn how to renew their energy in those four areas. And I think what's even more important is I have a large emphasis also on habits and how habits are formed and how we can create habits to really uh, support energy management and to uh, make it easier to to manage our energy. That's one area where I differ. I think another place where I differ is I have a background in process redesign and organizational design, and that gives me the background to really embed these ideas into the operating practices of a business, really kind of make it part of the fabric of how a team or an organization does business, how they operate on a day-to-day basis so that it becomes a much more sustainable kind of change. That's great. And I'm glad you opened that uh, little door because we haven't really talked a lot about your professional background and what did you do before today. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I strongly believe that who we are, it's uh, it's the result of everything we have done and where we've yeah. been. So why don't we take a small detour and uh, um, tell us about your background, professional background? Sure. Sure. So um, uh, I started the Comer Exchange uh, at the end of last year. And uh, about a year and a half, almost two years ago, I started uh, consulting with Sandalini, a culture shaping firm. Prior to that, I was with Manual Life Financial. And for about half the time there, I was there for 16 years. For about half the time, I was in HR. And the other half of the time, I was in operations and customer service. 
Prior to manual life, I taught English, which is a very portable profession. And so I taught at several community colleges in Toronto and around Toronto. I also taught at a CJAP in Quebec City. And I taught English as a second language in Italy for a couple of years as well. That's amazing. And, um, you know, I just love the ease with which you describe your career as if it's so, you know, so laissez-faire attitude about it. That's what I'm talking about, Anne, the calm that comes through everything <laughs> you do and say. Um, how do you think that your experience has shaped uh, the person you are today and also your choices of uh, today? Because, you know, coming to create this organization was a result of uh, many other factors. Yeah, I think that one of the common themes is the idea of unlocking potential. You know, as a teacher, that's what you do with your students. You know, you are helping them unlock potential to become more critical thinkers or better writers or whatever the subject matter is. You're really helping people to become um, the best that they can be. Same thing when I was in operations and uh, in customer service, you're trying to make your organization the best it can be. You're trying to bring out the potential in the people that you you work with. Um, It also gave me a very strong, of course, customer orientation and a recognition of the need to work closely in partnership with the people um, who are are our clients. And then I think in in human resources, just understanding um, the impact that the environment has on people's ability to perform at their uh, at their at their greatest potential and, and reach the greatest potential. I, I have a better understanding of um, how the environment that people work in can have a huge impact on their ability to do good work. And so I think all of those things together led me to this desire to help individuals and organizations unlock their own potential through yeah. managing energy. Yeah, that that's amazing because I can tell you and the listeners that I was still at Manulife in a different role uh, when you were a business partner there and I had the opportunity to hear many times how happy your business clients were interacting with you because having that perspective from the other side of the fence it's extremely valuable to the work uh, you did was extremely valuable and it showed in what you did Um, so let's go back to our discussion about uh, energy and energy management how would you define you mentioned that term a number of times how would you define energy management I think energy management is about working with your body's rhythms and needs to maximize the amount of energy that you bring to all aspects of your life including decision-making, right? It's about uh, maximizing how much energy you have to do the good things that you want to do in your life. Yeah. And um, how does that translate into what you do in in your business? Like how does that influence your offering and uh, how you interact with your clients? Well, I've developed workshops to um, help people learn the tactics and strategies to maximize energy and productivity. And that's really about um, the individual level. So what changes, what habits do I need to develop in order to best manage my energy and to be the most productive I can be? Um, Then I also offer consulting. So how do you make organizational change to really make that higher productivity sustainable? One thing I learned in, um, in operations is the importance of process, how to build teams, motivate people, um, change leadership practice. I, I led a lot of changes while I was in operations. And uh, I think that that background also helps me in the consulting arena where I can really think about how to make those changes and make the, make the sustainable change to, uh, to help um, create the environment where people can better manage their energy. 
Yeah. Um, as I'm listening to you, Anne, I'm thinking, I hope, or I'm sure that people who are listening will understand immediately why you were one of the people I um, chose to approach to um, ask to be part of the advisory board for all the richness and variety of experience and perspective that you bring to decision making. Um Tell us a bit more about, you say you design workshops. Uh, we all know that the workshop is not, one workshop is not the same as the other. What do you focus in your workshops? And, you know, you, you're not giving your, your IP away, hopefully, but give us more examples about the things you, you focus on. Because as you know, one of my concerns in, in TAB is that there's too much literature out there about, um, uh, that contains concepts um, rather than explain uh, behaviors that need to happen in order to for that concept to come alive. So mm-hmm. anything you can give us that's more uh, concrete and what you focus on would be extremely uh, valuable for our listeners. Sure. So when I talk about the, uh, the different types of energy fields, something that's really important for people to think about is um, what do those... How do they, how do, what are they like when they're in those different fields? What effect do they have on other people when they're in those fields? So I call it an energy field because we sort of emit energy when we go around every day. And it could be really positive and it could be really negative. We all know people, as soon as we get around them, we feel energized by being with them. They exude a lot of positive energy. And we know some people, when we're around them, they tend to drain our energy. They don't exude a lot of positive energy. Sometimes they exude some negative energy. And so helping people understand the impact that they have on other people, I think, is is quite important. Um, and then I also talk about um, how habits are formed. And so really thinking about when you are trying to create healthier habits to really enhance your productivity – how do you do that? Um, sometimes we try to make habits, we try to change our behavior, and it's not always as easy as it, as it first appears. Well, I'll just start doing you know, X, and then I try to do it, and I, I kind of fall off the wagon. And so I look at some habit research and talk, talk about how to really make habits that, uh, that will stick. So one of thank you for that, Anne. One of the things that uh, I would be very interested in hearing from you, and I'm sure others would too. How do we know? Uh, any any tips on how can we know what kind of energy field we're in? Because. As I said earlier, in decision-making, it's very similar. We don't know when we go down the wrong path. How would we know that we're Mm -hmm. in the wrong energy field? Well, I think it's it's about self-awareness, right? So tuning in to yourself, even taking a moment a couple times a day to just pause, look out the window. If there's anything green out your window, take a look at that. Um, Just listen to your breathing. Just pause for a moment and uh, tune in to how you're feeling. It's really a matter of self-awareness, and that self-awareness is a, is a question of practice. So it's really about getting used to tuning in and not just allowing yourself to plow your way through the day, trying to get as many things done as you possibly can. If you can pause notice how you're feeling, you can make conscious choices about what you're going to do when, so that if you're feeling um, annoyed or frustrated, you're not going to make important decisions because that's probably not the best time to do that. That's great. So when, again, I hear you describe that, it sounds to me, and not that I know a lot about meditation, but it sounds, it reminds me a bit of mindfulness uh, meditation. Um, Would that assessment statement be correct? And if yes, how does it play into it? Yeah, absolutely. Mindfulness is... uh, 
an important part of, of self-awareness. It can really increase your self-awareness. It can train your mind to recognize when you're being distracted and also recognize what feelings you're having in the moment so that you can more quickly recognize those feelings and then make a choice about what you're going to do. Yeah, that, that, that's amazing. I'm, I'm not a meditator. I've never done yoga. Um, but, uh, I, I came to attend a program at a local hospital on mindfulness uh, meditation because I was very curious what it was about. And first of all, I realized that I was completely wrong about what meditation is meant to do. I thought meditation is a state where you completely forget about everything that's happening in your life. You empty your head and it is absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the the training that I did, it, it blew my mind because it just made me realize so many things that I have done wrongly and how I uh, unwittingly abuse my body. And I'll tell you the little example. Um, we were asked to close our eyes and uh, explore with our eyes closed a raisin. And we didn't know it was a raisin at the time, but we we're just like exploring the raisin. And for 10 minutes, just touch and feel and smell and lick and bite and but not eat it just at the very end eat the raisin and it it struck me that I am so busy and I'm so running all the time that I can't remember when was it last time that I enjoyed my meal or I even remembered what I was eating because most of the time I'm somewhere else in in my head, which again um, gives me the opportunity to quote uh, Professor Kahneman, um, uh, who researched decision-making, who says that describes us as two different people, our experiencing self and our remembering self. And then he says, and the experiencing self with whom I spend all my time is a complete stranger to me because most of us do exactly that. We tend to live in any other moment but the very present moment. Absolutely. And it it reminds me too of our, our infatuation, I guess, with multitasking. We love to multitask and we love to pride ourselves on our ability to multitask. But I actually call it switch tasking because most of the um, the research now shows us that we're not actually doing two things at the same time. We're just switching very quickly back and forth from one to the other. And if you've ever been reading um, anything, an article, a book, and then you've been interrupted and you've had to go back to your book, you know that when you go back to the book, it takes you a few minutes to go back to where you were. to get to. get You have to go back to the last sentence or the last paragraph to refresh your memory about where you were. And it's like that with any task. When we switch back and forth, it takes us longer to get the two tasks done. And if we just focused on one and we were present with that task, we would get our work done a lot, a lot faster. Well, thank you for sharing that with me because it makes me so happy to know that, um, in fact, I'm not the only one who's not good at multitasking. I I always say it. I actually stop and I, I say to people, you have to stop now. I'm not good at multitasking, so but but it absolutely makes sense. And again, uh, from a cognitive perspective and decision-making perspective, what's happening in our brains? We can do more than one task if mm-hmm. at least one of them is very um, automated. Yeah, like absolutely. you know, if if we um, uh, you and I talked about this offline, if we're driving and we're driving down the road and there's no uh, people on the street and there's no traffic, then we can possibly. 
um, have um, a telephone conversation, right? Uh, but not when we're driving in traffic. And that's why, you know, it makes total sense. I, I'm surprised that, uh, uh, you know, uh, talking on the phone is not actually banned altogether because I don't remember the statistics, but um, in um, health psychology, they, they uh, look at the number of accidents, uh, road accidents, caused by lack of attention, and they far outweigh the ones caused by drink and driving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not surprised to hear that. Yeah, absolutely. So how does your, um, uh, what are the benefits that people get um, uh, from working with you? Why should they work with you? Well, I think that if you manage your energy, create really healthy habits, you can get more done. I think you can feel better about the work that you do. You can feel more balanced in general in your life. And I think you can feel more satisfaction with the work that you do. You can actually be present enough to recognize the good stuff you're doing and to get some satisfaction from that as well. Yeah. And I have to tell you that if you and I were talking about energy management four years ago, I would have probably switched off because I I would have been in that mind space or mindset that I am today. And I think it's the same for other people as well. What do you think is happening that it's causing people to feel more attracted to energy management? Or And first of all, do you agree with my statement? Are you seeing yeah. more of an openness? Because I feel it in myself, but I also saw it in other clients of mine. Yeah, absolutely. I think that everyone is feeling really overwhelmed. I think uh, people are feeling the pace is too fast. Um, and I think people know that it won't change. You know, I was talking to an IT manager the other day who was going through the second restructuring in as many years. And he's going to be leading a new team uh, with a new function. And that's really exciting because he's going to learn something new and work with new people. But at the same time, it's another change. He's been through a lot of changes in the last couple of years. And so he, ha- he really has to struggle to keep up with, with all of this, uh, with the change, with the pace of the change in particular. And I think because of that, people are feeling, you know, there's, 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 a, there's a better way. There's, there, there's a need to um, work differently and to uh, not slow things down because I don't think anyone thinks that the, uh, the, the pace or the environment is going to change, but we need to deal with it better. Yeah. And you know what I say, Anne, because there's more, right? Like <laughs> right. There's, there's something uh, uh, better out there for us. We just have yeah. to, to try harder to get it. Um, we're going to go to another commercial break now and we'll come back to this uh, extremely interesting conversation. Um, it, it's so uh, topical uh, today more so than even last year or um, last month because the information overload is not getting any light on us. So don't go away. We'll be back and uh, we'll leave you for no more than two minutes. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Do you believe in the value you bring to an organization? Have you been overlooked for a promotion because you think differently than your peers? Do you know that you can and will make a difference to the business? Let Tab Advanced be your personal advisory board and help you make different, better decisions about your career. Our team is customized to your successful advancement and hones in on when, why, and how you make those decisions. Build a more fulfilling career. Contact us today at advance at trustedadvisoryboard.com. 
Are you a CEO, a board director, or an entrepreneur looking to have more control over the future of your organization? If the answer is yes, you need Tab Ignite. Our approach is unique, intelligent, and it works. Our solution is exclusively positioned to guarantee the results you seek for your business because we make it simple for you to tap our advisor's expertise and experience and make accurate business decisions. Ask Tab Ignite to work for you at tabignite at trustedadvisoryboard.com and make your next decision the first of many best decisions for your company. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned into Because There's More with host Laura Ellis. To connect with our program today, please send Laura an email to lellis at trustedadvisoryboard.com. Now, back to Because There's More. Welcome back. I'm Laura Ellis, and today I'm talking to Anne Comer, TAB advisor and principal of her organization focused on helping people optimize performance through energy management. So, Anne, thank you for all that rich and very complex uh, information about uh, how we manage um, our energy. How how do you see um, this in a more practical way? So so we talk about managing energy. How how would you help people do that? What do they need to do? What are some of the things that are part of your workshops? Well, on the on the physical side, um, there are some really obvious things about managing your physical energy. That's kind of the foundation, right? So we all know that we need to get enough sleep. No one likes to get enough sleep. You know, when I was younger, I used to think sleep was the biggest waste of time. <laughs> and I wish that I could stay awake for like 20 hours in the day, but I just couldn't physically do it. So I knew that I needed to get, you know, more than four hours sleep. Um, but sleep is really critical. You know, we know that when the clocks move, uh, move back and people lose uh, an hour of sleep, the number of um, accidents increases, right? Um, so there's obviously a connection between sleep and our ability to, to get stuff done, and to um, really think clearly and, and make good decisions, right? When we're sleepy and tired, it just doesn't work very well. Um, so physical, uh, there's also what you eat. If you, you know, the brain operates on glucose, it's kind of a glucose hog. And if we just feed it just sugar, we kind of get a high and then we crash. Um, and and that, that's not, you know, giving us the, uh, the fuel we need to perform well and for our brains to really operate at their, at their best. Uh, and then there's... Um, what I call movement, I don't want to call it exercise because some people just don't like exercise, but it's movement. You need to get, you know, get up, move around, walk, um, walk over to the cafeteria if you want to grab a, a coffee. Um, just moving around, getting up out of your chair every, uh, every hour, hour and a half can really make a difference in, in how you're feeling and can help to, you know, get the oxygen back up to your, to your brain. It doesn't have to be a big, uh, difficult workout. It can just be getting up and moving around. So that's sort of the foundation of, of the physical energy. Um, emotional energy, sometimes just um, people have been talking about this a lot, feeling, feeling gratitude, um, expressing gratitude for the things that we, we have in life. We are probably the most fortunate human beings to have ever walked the planet. Those of us who live in rich, uh, developed countries, um, you know, we have a great standard of living. We live with a lot of safety. There's a lot to be, to be grateful for. Um, so remembering to be grateful, to think about things that we have in our lives that, uh, that are good. 
And for most of us, most of that is good. Maybe there are a few things we'd want to change, but uh, thinking about the positive can really help us increase our emotional energy. Mental energy, we've talked about a little bit already, um, but being aware of, um, of where you are. And, and then when you, when you start feeling uh, an energy dip, not pushing through that, taking the time to take, take a five-minute break. Um, as I said before, look out the window, look at something. If there's anything green out there, that can be a really um, relaxing thing to do. Taking a break isn't looking online and doing more of your social media because that's often similar to the kind of work that we're doing, but actually moving away from your workspace. Um, and it could be, the break doesn't have to be long. It can be really short, like just five minutes, but just changing your perspective, doing something a little bit different to kind of refocus your mind. And that allows you to regain some of that mental energy. Yeah, it's so interesting to me um, that as you describe the uh, how we need to uh, treat our brain to um, refocus the energy, it, it makes me realize that it's no different than how we treat our muscles. And I'm talking yeah. as someone who goes to the gym once in a decade. But mm -hmm. last time I was there, my trainer was trying to, um, you know, kind of bring some oxygen and blood flow to my muscles. Uh, and he was doing that by actually uh, pushing or making me tense my muscles. But whenever I would hit uh, a wall and it wouldn't bend anymore, what he would do, he would create the opposite tension, you know, and then it will allow me to, you know, so it will relax my muscle in the opposite direction. And then it would allow me to push it even further back. Oh. So what, what you're saying sounds um, exactly the same. Mm -hmm. When I, um, when I think about, and, and by no means I want to stereotype, but I think for, for a lot of um, female executives, in, in my experience, um, the emotional energy is the one that we seem to either have more challenges with or we are expected to have more challenges with. What's your experience? What's your view on that? Yeah, I guess in in my experience, particularly in the past, I think that women spent more energy managing their personal and work lives. So, for example, trying to hide child commitments if they had to leave work early because uh, they had to pick a pick up a sick child from school or daycare. Um, you know, they would often try to find some other reason for leaving and not reveal the real reason that they were going, out of fear that. Um, responding to a child's need might make people question their commitment to their job and to their company. Um, and that's a huge energy drain. I think it's an emotional energy drain in particular, to your point. Um, I think it's also a mental energy drain because your, your, your mental focus is on something, you know, is on a couple things that it doesn't need to be on. It could, if you just were able to respond to the need as, uh, as required, then you wouldn't have that, uh, that shit, that split in your mental focus either. Unfortunately, in my experience, I think that men are starting to catch up. Mm. When I yeah. talk to um, young male executives, I hear them talk a lot about the need to spend time with their children, particularly when they have young kids. So um, I think that um, both men and women are equally capable of driving themselves to burnout, yeah. <laughs> quite honestly. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's what you meant when you said, unfortunately, because the fact that male um, professionals are just as preoccupied or involved in their family life, of course, it's a good thing. But that's a positive thing. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So 
Are you seeing those gender differences in, in um, um, how the flow of energy uh, changes or uh, where is it more, um, where is it stronger? Do you see that at all? Um, I, I think that there's more in common than, than there is different between men and women in terms of the, um, you know, how they manage their energy. Um, I think maybe women do tend to um, feel more emotional uh, energy um, in terms of looking after having multiple roles. Traditionally, men didn't have that. But as I said, I think that is changing. I think that men are feeling those energy pulls as much as uh, the emotional energy pulls as much as women are. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you ever watched, and there's a TED Talk with Brenny Brown. She's a sociologist who did uh, research in uh, vulnerability. And uh, she described, um, if you remember, the differences between men and uh, women and how uh, they take, uh, how they interpret their own vulnerability. And she was saying that she found significant differences there and that uh, women tend to uh, put uh, pressure on uh, themselves to actually do everything they do um, absolutely well. So there isn't any kind of prioritizing, which again takes me back to my own anthropological perspective that women kind of broaden their perspective, whereas male are more focused. So the energy gets more into um, being the number one in, in mm-hmm. the one thing they are doing. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, from a, a decision-making perspective, this, this in, interest, uh, interesting differences in men and women just show us that a decision that has equal representation or different, uh, you know, combined representation of people with different energies, different thinking style and different experiences, um, it's going to lead to much better, more balanced decisions, no doubt. Mm-hmm. So what uh, we're coming toward the end of our show, and we do have more minutes uh, to talk about it, but how would you summarize uh, your recommendations for people to have growth, greater focus and attention in their everyday lives? I think the most important thing is to really resist the temptation to push through when you feel your energy dropping uh, and your attention fading. We all experience that throughout the day. Um, You know, we start feeling distracted or we're losing energy. It's harder to focus on the task at hand. And our natural tendency, because we're high achieving and we want to get a lot of good results, is to push through. And we think if we can push through this, if we can be strong, if we can have a lot of willpower, we'll get there, we'll make it. The problem with doing that is you can in the short term, but over the long term, it really takes a toll on your uh, on your health, on your, your energy, your, your ability to, to get work done. You can actually be more effective if you allow yourself to take a very, very short break. And I'm not talking, you know, go take a half hour break. I'm saying five minutes, just um, go and do something, something different, stand up, walk around, um, walk over to the washroom and then come back. It's, it's the movement that can really help you and allow your mind to kind of go away from the problem you were working on, take a little rest from it. And then when you come back, you're, you feel more refreshed and you can, you can focus again. And so that way, over the end of the day, you'll have spent more time focusing and getting good work done and less time trying to fight your natural dip in energy, trying to bring yourself back up. 
Um, so that I think is, uh, is really important. And I think sometimes those breaks can also be having a snack and having something that's, uh, that's healthy that contains some protein because that can help, um, bring your energy back up as well. Um, feed your brain, give the, your brain the, uh, the, the physical energy that it needs as well. That's great. Any other tips? Like, um, I, I know that, uh, offline we talked about, um, um, people accessing, um, um, Meditation online and short uh, uh, bouts of uh, meditation um, on yeah. streamlining. Mm-hmm. Well, I think if you're if you're feeling um, negative, if you're frustrated, anxious, um, noticing that feeling and not doing anything um, that's high value, anything really important. Um, and then I think um, there are lots of online uh, meditation courses. Um, there's one called Calm that I'm, I'm familiar with. I've been using Headspace uh, for the last few months. I'm new to meditation, and uh, I've been finding it really helpful in terms of helping to train my brain to do more um, uh, more work in terms of uh, focusing and recognizing distractions and noticing how I'm feeling throughout the day. So I found it really quite uh, quite helpful. So there's a, there are a lot of tools out there, and a lot of them uh, you can usually start out for free, which is the good thing. So you yeah. can have a taste and see if you uh, if it appeals to you. Yeah. Would you be able to tell our listeners where to find Headspace? Do you have a yeah, web address? It's, um, headspace.com. Yeah. Well, that was easy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and we only have like three minutes till the end of our show. Uh, I know that I asked you to prepare a question for me and next week's guest, which is Mathav Manusami, an advisor uh, of TAB who brings a completely different breadth of experience from the printing industry, but also from living uh, as a non-Canadian in completely different continent and different country. So tell us what your question is going to be. Okay, so the question I have for Mathav is, how do you guide the decision-making of the people who report to you? Right. And tell, tell me a bit more. When you say guide, what do you mean by that? Well, when you have people who are reporting to you, you want to make sure that they are emotionally engaged, that they have high emotional energy. So um, allowing them some autonomy, the ability to make decisions is really important. At the same time, if they have less experience, they may not always make the right decisions. So there may also be some need to guide them so that um, they're making good decisions, but also feeling, balancing the need to guide them uh, in terms of helping them make good decisions, but also feeling that they have some autonomy and have made good decisions themselves and have the satisfaction of, of, of doing that. Thank you. I, I'm sure that he'll have a great time answering. I'm already thinking of some ways to answer that question. So, I want to thank you, Anne, for being on the show. You did an amazing job sharing with us such useful information, and I'm sure going to try to follow some of it. I've already done uh, the same with some uh, of Rochelle's advice from last week. Um, For you out there, thank you for listening to our show. If you want to find out more about TAB and how we can help uh, businesses make better decisions, um, find us on www.trustadvisoryboard.com. And we look forward to see you on the radio. And it's not my line. I'm uh, stealing it from someone. But see you on the radio next Monday with Mathav Manusami. Have a wonderful week. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Because There's More. Join Laura Ellis again next Monday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time, and 2 p.m. GMT on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to tune in. 
because there's more. 